Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed that time of worship. And uh, today we are going to continue in our series called Who Is This Man? Uh, What we've been doing in this series is just kind of exploring who Jesus is. And uh, here's why we're doing it. Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 2, which, by the way, uh, I want to remind you that there is a notes section over here on my left, your right. If you click on the notes, it's down here. You can follow along, read all the Bible verses with me, and see all the points that I'll be discussing today. So uh, go ahead and do that now. Click on the notes. We'll get the hang of it together, and then you can follow along. This is 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 through 2. This is the message paraphrase that I'm reading from. It says, you'll remember, friends, that when I first came to you, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First, Jesus and who he is, then Jesus and what he did, Jesus crucified, and, and so that's what we're doing in this series. We're really looking at and asking the question, who is this man? Who is this guy that, that everything in the world changed once he entered into our timeline? And, um, and we've been exploring his attributes and doing our best to set our perspectives right. Because here's the thing, a lot of us have an idea of who Jesus is, but those ideas come from tradition, they come from artist renderings, they come from uh, religion, uh, maybe even just stories that have been passed down, or maybe what your, how your family believed or didn't believe, or, or what someone thought. It's, it's, it's not who Jesus was in the Bible, and so we're going to the Bible to set straight these distorted views of who Jesus was and asking that question, who was this man? And so, so far in this series, uh, which you can go back and watch, you're welcome to do. All those are posted online for you on our Facebook account. Um, you, can, you can click on the videos section and go back and watch. The first one we did was uh, Jesus is My Best Friend, which was probably one of my favorites, but all these are really great. I love talking about Jesus. Uh, we talked about how Jesus is still in the miracle business. He's a miracle worker. Last week, our associate pastor, Tim Toole, did a message on Jesus being the teacher and how we can welcome him into our lives as the teacher. And, and I would recommend you go back. If you haven't watched all those, you don't need to watch them before today. But hey, if you're home and you're isolated right now because of the coronavirus, what else do you got to do? Fill your heart with some Jesus, man. Get to know who he is and go back and watch those things. But today, we're going to talk about Jesus being the shepherd and, and um, more specifically, Jesus being my shepherd. So here we go. We're going to start in this verse, John 10, verses 10 through 11. Remember, over here in the notes, it says, the thief, which by the way, that's our enemy, that's the devil. His job is to steal, kill, and destroy. So that's what he wants to do in your life. He wants to rob you of a whole bunch of stuff. He wants to disrupt your life. But Jesus said, continues saying, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. So you'll see in this passage, Jesus calls himself a shepherd, and he calls us as his followers. If you're a Christ follower today, you are part of his church or his flock. Now, there are several metaphors that are used in the Bible to describe us as followers and to describe our relationship between us and Jesus. One of those uh, descriptions and, and metaphors used is that, that the church is a family, uh, which, it, which is, means it's not an institution. It's, it's a family. It's a group of people who love each other and support each other. And this is a beautiful description of our relationship with God. 
Others have other places in the scripture call it a fellowship, which is which a fellowship speaks to a unity that exists between us that flows from a place of loving one another. Uh, it's a product of that, and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, one of the other ways we describe ourselves is the body of Christ. And this is a great picture, uh, word picture of who we are, because it means that every single person, just like my body and like your body, every single member of our body serves a purpose and has a reason for its existence. And so all of us have a function and a purpose within the body of Christ as well. In fact, that's why we do growth track. Uh, on, uh, when, when we're able to reconvene and meet here, we do growth track to help you discover why, what is your purpose? What does God have you here for? Where would he uh, ha- wire you or, or how has he wired you and where would he have you placed within his body to serve and, 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 and uh, live out your purpose? And I think that's really important. Uh, and then, of course, the, one of the last metaphors, of course, is us as a flock with, with Jesus being our shepherd. So, so we're sheep and that's what we're gonna explore today. Now, when you get to Psalm 100, this is, this is beautiful. It says, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now, some of you, maybe you resist the idea of being called a sheep uh, because, well, frankly, sheep are dumb. But I don't think that's the heart and the intent of this verse. Sheep have a nature about them, and is that they follow their shepherd. They're very connected to their shepherd. And so this is a beautiful relationship that is being played out here. And Jesus, of course, is being called the shepherd, right? Here's the cool thing about the word shepherd. The word shepherd in the original Greek, and also in Spanish, by the way, uh, is the word pastor. They're actually interchangeable. It could mean shepherd or it could mean pastor. When some of my friends from Honduras and El Salvador text me and say, hey, pastor, how are you doing? Uh, in their own language, and I translate it, it says, hey, shepherd, how are you? Um, and, and so I, I, I want to point this out that like Jesus is, is the shepherd, but he's also could be known as our pastor. And, and what a gift it is to have Jesus as our pastor. Now, I have a pastor, and uh, my pastor's name is Conan Stevens. He pastors C3 Church in Canal Winchester here in Ohio. And uh, man, I love him. He encourages me. He believes in me. He invests in me. He checks in on me. He prays for me. He counseled me. Uh, he has shepherded and led my heart well. And I think that every single one of you, you need to have a pastor in your life, somebody that will shepherd your life well. And by the way, if you don't have a pastor, hi, I'm it. Glad to meet you. Uh, I'm honored to, have, to be on this journey of shepherding your heart and shepherding your spiritual journey. Um, but, but we all need a pastor. So, so if, if I'm now it, man, make sure you show up every week. Show up when, whenever you're able to in person or continue to show up in line and let me continue to shepherd your heart. But you need a pastor. And here's the deal. We all need a pastor, but we also need Jesus as our pastor, as our shepherd. When we look at 1 Peter 5, verses 2 through 4, over here, by the way, <laughs> there's a verse where both of our relationships as earthly pastors and Jesus as a pastor are mentioned. It says, to, uh, this is Peter writing to pastors like me. He says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, so notice there's, there's like, that's all in, uh, that's in caps right there. That's a, that's a proper name. It's a, it's a title. When the chief shepherd, which he's talking about Jesus, will appear, 
you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. So I'm an under-shepherd. That's what it means, is that as your pastor, I get to pastor your heart and your, and your spiritual journey, but Jesus should ultimately be your shepherd. He is our chief shepherd. He is our chief pastor. So here's what I want today. My goal in this little talk is to help you get to know Jesus in a very, very beautiful and intimate way as your pastor and as your shepherd. And one of the most beautiful passages that we see where Jesus is the shepherd and how he will pastor you uh, is found in the 23rd Psalm. And, uh, and this is so famous that we don't even say Psalm 23. We say the 23rd Psalm. It's kind of like uh, Ohio State, right? It's like, nope, nope. It's really important that you put the on the front, the Ohio State, right? It's, it's, it is important that we focus on that because there is no other. And, uh, and so th- this one, this, this passage is so popular, we call it the 23rd Psalm instead of Psalm 23. But uh, anyway, it's, it's very well known. Many of you have probably heard it, and many of you actually probably learned it in uh, the King James Version translation. So I kind of left it that way. I put it in the New King James uh, Version, but I, I left it that way here in our notes because many of you are familiar with it that way. So if you're sitting here with me and, uh, and you're following along, it's over here on this side in the notes section. Read it aloud with me, like wherever you're at. Let's do this together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, like I said, many of you are familiar with that, and I would love for you over here in the chat section if you would post like, hey, what has that verse meant to you? Where's a time in your life where that spoke to you? Uh, I know oftentimes that this verse is a great comfort uh, at funerals and at difficult times, and and I would just love if you would share that over here. I'd love to interact with that um, and, and know how this is ministered to you, but But I think that this verse in particular, the reason it means so much to us is because it's a beautiful picture of how Jesus would shepherd our souls. And and, and I want you to know him in this way, in the way that this verse lays it out. I don't want you just to know him as the shepherd. I want you to know him as your shepherd so that you can say Jesus is my shepherd. And that's specifically what this verse says. The Lord is my shepherd. Because something shifts when you have possession of something, when it is yours. You care for it. You invest into it. You own it, right? And, and that relationship is important, so you say, it is mine. Just like I say, my bride, when talking about my wife, she's, I, I, I only not only talk about the possessive part of it, but the nature of the relationship. She's my bride. These are my kids. These are my, this is my Jesus, and he is my shepherd. So... Just know, I, that's what I go for you. That's what I want for you is for you to know him in that intimate way so that you become possessive of the relationship yourself. Now, there are six ways that Jesus wants to shepherd and pastor us uh, that, that are found in the 23rd Psalm. And um, I've got them pointed out for you over here on the left. And uh, so just follow along with me. And the first one is the shepherd provides. The shepherd provides. Uh, you'll find this in the very beginning. It says, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. What does that mean? Well, basically what that means is that you're going to lack nothing. 
that, that there is, there is gonna be times in your life, because I already know the pushback. You're like, Aaron, right now I'm lacking TP because of this coronavirus crisis. Or Aaron, I, I don't have enough hand sanitizer. Or Aaron, I wasn't able to get bread. I'm in the middle of lack right now. And, and I get that. I understand that sometimes it feels like there's no provision. Sometimes it feels like we're, we're alone or that we don't have what we need. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point to something that I think is really important. In those times, in those challenging times, if you look back on them, you'll find that those challenging times are what caused creativity to arise within you. Those are times that shaped you, shaped your character, shaped, you, de, uh, created determination within you and grit within you uh, and helped ultimately form you. And if you're being honest, if you're looking at today and you're pushing back and saying, Aaron, I've lacked before, that's simply not true, you're still here. You're still fighting. You're still alive. You're still breathing. All of your needs, what you have needed to get to this point has been provided for. And I know, I understand that sometimes when we measure life in moments or we measure life in days, that it feels like provision is lacking. But I would challenge you to look back and begin, begin measuring life in seasons because you may have found that there was a season that you felt like you lacked, but at the end of it, when you measured it, it's like you, you see God's provision and you see how he's been faithful to provide. Because I really truly believe that God desires to provide all of your needs. But I also believe that that is connected to you submitting, to, submitting your life to him and allowing him to shepherd your life and to, to be the pastor of your heart. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches, not just because you're a nice guy, not, not just because you threw a couple dollars in the offering plate, all of these will be found in Christ Jesus. So, so you can have provision, but it's only found in this kind of relationship with Jesus where he is your shepherd. My kids understand this. At home, they understand that if they honor my rules, if they honor my best for them and they, they do what I've asked them to do, which isn't a whole lot. I ask for obedience. I have curfew. I have certain things in place for them. My kids are gonna be eight, two of my boys will be 18 this weekend. My daughter will be 17 in the summer, uh, in July, and, uh, and so I, I give them a lot of freedoms in their lives, but they know that if they want to maintain the blessing on their lives, if they want me to continue to pro- provide for them the, all, the, all the perks and all the benefits that they really love to have in their lives, if they want that, then what they have to do is honor me. They have to honor this relationship, and that means being obedient. That means uh, the, the kind of relationship that provides for those things. And so, uh, and, and here's the thing. When they go off and they do things their own way, they, I, and I tell them, I said, I, you want my blessing? You gotta do things my way, and if you're not willing to, that's okay, but understand that my provision, my hand, my blessing will be removed from your life. Not my love, just, just my provision, right? But I, I, God is the same way. We want his provision, but oftentimes I think we want to do things our own way, and it just doesn't work out like that. And many of you understand that because you're experiencing the devastation of the loss of his provision in your life right now, because you haven't been doing things his way. And we can talk about how to rectify that here in just a few moments. But I believe this, God wants to provide for you, and it will require you putting him first, trusting his ways, and allowing him to shepherd you. So he wants to provide. The second thing the shepherd does is the shepherd restores you say, Aaron, restores what? Man, the things that you lost when the devil did his job. Remember, his job is to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, I don't know if you've ever had anything, if you've ever been robbed, 
or somebody broke into your house and stole something from you or broke into your car and stole something from you, or if you've ever had, had somebody die uh, unexpectedly or had cancer take someone that you loved or, or just, just in general, so there's been a death in the family or in your life to rob or to steal, kill, and destroy, or if you've had something that has been destroyed in your life. If all those things, maybe that's your marriage, maybe that's your finances, maybe that's been your mental health, maybe through all this corona, coronavirus crisis, that it has been, uh, it, it's destroyed your opportunities, it's destroyed your income, uh, and uh, now all your kids are at home, and so your mental health is, is struggling. Like, when the devil does his job to steal, kill, and destroy, the number one thing that exits our life is peace. It's peace. Check this out. As we continue in the 23rd Psalm, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Why does it say that he makes us lie down? Why well, I think in this, in this culture today, we are moving so fast. We are doing so much. Our phones drive us to it all the time. Constant notifications, social media updates, news updates, especially in this season where we're all glued to the news media to get more information about the current crisis and what we can and can't do and what else is going to be closed and what are they banning now. It's, it, it, there's a lot of questions right now. And so we're, we're constantly moving, constantly going, and we just don't slow down. And it says he makes us lie down. The reason he makes us is because we're not very good at doing it ourselves, especially not in this American culture. But what we need most in these times when the enemy has done his work is to rest, to be still. What we need most is peace to be restored. Jesus said this in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Man, what a powerful word for this specific season and time that we're in. So don't let your hearts be troubled. That, that trouble's gonna come, but don't let your heart be troubled, and, and, and don't be afraid. He wants to give us peace in the midst of those things. He wants to be the peace in our lives to restore to us. You say, Aaron, how? Man, I'm telling you, what you need to do most is, is to be still, to lean into him. If you'll know Jesus, then you'll know peace. You say, Aaron, how do I get to know him? You get to know him through his word. Dive into your Bible. Get a reading plan. Download the YouVersion app or use the Bible that's right here on this page and, and begin to read. But the YouVersion app has daily lesson plans for you. It's, it'll grab certain sections of scripture. You can even study by topic. So if you have fear and anxiety, if you need some joy or if you need some peace, it'll give you scriptures that speak specifically to that. But you can go through the... the um, the reading plans that are available to you. And it, man, it makes just a huge difference to get to know God through his word. You say, Aaron, I've never done that before. That's okay. If you want something you never had, you gotta start doing something you've never done. Let us walk with you and journey with you. With, with you. In, in fact, if you'll comment here on the left here and say, Aaron, I've never done that before, ask your questions. Like, what kind of Bible do I need to get? What, ask, we'll, we'll be happy to answer them over here to help you do that. But other things you can do is know him through worship. Like, sing a song. Sit and listen if singing's not your thing. But let me tell you, there's something about just lifting your voice to God because what happens in worship is we remind ourselves of who God is. We remind ourselves of how big he is in comparison to what we're experiencing here on this earth. So you can get to know him through worship as well, through loving him. You can also get to know him through being still. And we say, Aaron, what does that look like in, in this modern day? 
Turn the TV off. Turn your phone off. That's right, power it down. Maybe just delete that social media app off your phone for a season, maybe a day, maybe a few. I have friends that are that in the midst of all this crisis, they're like, I can't handle it. I'm overwhelmed. It's adding to my anxiety. And the best thing that I've heard them do is I'm deleting these things from my phone for a day, for 24 hours. I'm, I'm going to pause it and not look for the morning or I'm going to, I mean, what's the big deal? Deleting it from your phone, it'll take seconds to add it back, you know, later on whenever you're ready to go in. But Make a commitment to be still. Turn off the television. Turn off your phone. Turn on worship music. Tune in to God's spirit and just be still in his presence. The word restore simply means to return back to a point of departure. And I think we all have moments where, moments of departure, moments where we've wandered from the path of God's best for us, just like sheep. Sheep do that. They wander off the path of where the shepherd is leading them, but but he restores us. He brings us back. And here's the thing. I'm going to tell you the peace that you're looking for, especially in today's environment, in today's crisis, the peace that you're looking for only comes from God. He will restore you. And the way he's going to restore you is through something called rest, having peace. Because if you'll notice, rest is, is one of the root words that we get our word restore from. So I know we need peace now more than ever in the middle of this coronavirus crisis because peace brings back clarity and God, I believe that he desires to restore order to your life, bring back that clarity, bring peace to you. And so the shepherd, he restores. The third thing the shepherd does is he leads. Man, the shepherd leads in paths of righteousness for his namesake. That's what the 23rd Psalm continues to say. Let me just rephrase it and say it this way. He leads me in right, in right paths. Because as you know, there's lots of paths to choose from on a regular basis. And when you go down the wrong path, I don't have to preach this to you and tell you this. You know this to be a fact. That when you walk down the wrong path in your life, it leads to trouble. There is a path that is the right one, though. And it's a path that's right for his namesake. What, it, what that means is that it's a path that's got his name on it. It's a path that he's designed for you. It's a path that he's chosen for you. And it's a path that if you'll choose to take it, it will lead to fulfillment in your life. Jesus promises a, a full and fulfilled life, right? And, and it'll lead to a world that will make sense. For, for here, us at Simple Church, this is why we do Growth Track. Growth Track exists for this reason to help you get connected with God's plan and purpose for your life. And if you're pushing back and you're already like, Aaron, you're just trying to drum up volunteers because you need them. Well, you know what? We are better with you, but we already have a bunch of people that are serving and leading already. So I don't want you to think this is because I need you. We are happy to have you. We will be better with you and come serve, but that's not why we do Growth Track. That's not what it's about. Growth Track isn't for us. It's for you. It's for you to understand the path that God has laid out for you, to understand how you're wired, to understand what your purpose is so that you can begin walking in it so you can discover that purpose and ultimately use that purpose to make a difference in other people's lives. Listen, God leads us in the paths of righteousness. Jesus spelled out what this looks like in John 10, three verses, uh, excuse me, in John 10, verses three through five. He says, the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. His sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So Aaron, how does God lead me? How does he lead me to the right path? How will I know? 
well, you recognize his voice. You know, I, I've been married to my wife, Shanda, for 15 years this June, and uh, I can pick her voice out of a crowd in a room, even though her accent has changed over the years. It used to be super heavy and thick, and maybe I'll post some fun videos up uh, later this week of what she used to sound like, but her voice, the quality of her voice, the things that she'll say, her laugh, I know it. I'm familiar with it intimately, and you could blindfold me and put me in a room full of people, and I would easily be able to identify her. Why? Because I spend time with her. I talk to her. I talk with her. I listen to her. And I believe that, that in the same way that I know my wife's voice intimately, I believe that we can know God's voice that way. You can know God's voice by taking time to listen to him through his word. You can listen to it in your heart because the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart. And he'll never speak anything that isn't, isn't supported by God's words. You can know that that's God's voice. You can train your spiritual ears to hear him and ultimately to know him. And so today, if you don't recognize his voice, if you wouldn't be able to know how to pick him out of a crowd and out of all the noise of the world today, start spending time with him. In fact, for all of us that are quarantined and that are isolated in this time, whether you're self-isolating or we've been mandated to at the time of this recording, we haven't been mandated to, but so much stuff is closed that people are choosing to do that, schools are closed, and man, I, I think it's important that, that no matter what, you, you're quarantined. So, so turn off the television, spend some time getting to know him, establish some new habits in your life, make it the first thing that you do in the morning, honor God in that way. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in his word. Get to know his voice. The fourth thing is the shepherd supports. 20, back to the 23rd Psalm, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Paul understood the value of this. Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament, and he said this, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. And maybe you understand that. Maybe in the middle of this crisis, the corona crisis, you understand that, that it feels like everybody's abandoned you and nobody is supporting you. Or maybe you felt that way in your marriage, or you felt that way on the job, or you felt that way in, in something in your life, a, a, an addiction cycle, or a habit that you've been trying to break. And man, I just feel abandoned, that everyone deserted me. But watch this, the verse, if you're following along on the left, uh, or you're right, you already know. It says, but the Lord stood at my side, and he gave me strength. That's an important thing. But the Lord, everyone abandoned me, but the Lord. I love seeing a, a statement like that in the verse. It describes the scenario, and then God steps in, and that changes everything. What we're talking about here is presence. Presence matters, because I feel like for a lot of us, we feel like, why is this happening? Why is, this, why is my marriage in, in, in a mess? Why are my kids acting like hellions? Why, why is this broken? Why is that a problem? Why am I going through this in my health? Why am I struggling mentally? Why would God let this happen? Well, here's the thing. I, I, God, there's nowhere in the Bible that God promises we won't walk through difficult things. In fact, if you can find that verse, I would love to see it because God and I got a conversation we need to have. He doesn't promise that we, or th that we won't go through difficult things. What he promises, as David writes out here, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, see, he's close to death. It's the shadow of, that means that sucker's close. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and some of you understand that. You've got stuff in your life that is close to dying. It's swirling the drain. Relationally, you're experiencing this. Emotionally, maybe it's your marriage and your finances or your kids or your health. But here's the thing. Though you're walking through all those things and you're close to death in them, God is with you. 
He's promised to be with you. That makes a difference. Man, I remember when I was younger, just to, just to explain the difference, and you know this to be true, that presence matters. When I was a kid, uh, my parents used to tell me to take the trash cans out, and I had to take the trash cans out the night before the trash man came because we didn't want to miss them because we didn't know when they were going to come. And it was always in the dark whenever that would happen. And I remember one time there was a raccoon by our trash cans, and it scared me real bad. And I just kind of felt like there was a boogeyman out there and something that was going to get me. And I would always be scared, and I, I would start talking to whatever the boogeyman was that was out there, and I was terrified, and I would get the trash cans, okay, I'm coming out, and I would like tell them, my brother's with me, or my dad's with me. They weren't. But knowing that there was a presence with me, so, that, so there was times when I was so fearful of what I faced, having my brother with me, I would invite him out, hey, just come and stand at the door and watch me as I get the trash cans and take him to the street. Dad, just come stand right here. Mom, will you just watch me do it? Presence matters. Because no matter what we're going through, whatever we're fearful of, whatever is troubling our hearts, presence makes a difference. We feel safe. We feel empowered. God's presence makes a difference in our life. And he wants to support you in that way. Fifth thing the shepherd does is the, the shepherd defends. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, here's the thing. This particular verse has been used for years, and even I've heard other pastors and preachers use this verse as a verse and say that that rod and that staff was for the sheep. So if you got out of line, wham, he would hit you over the head with it. It was his discipline. And let me tell you something. And within the context of this verse, that's not what it means. The rod wasn't for the sheep. And pastors have used it as an excuse, and maybe you've experienced this at some point in time, that a pastor or a church leader or maybe your parents or a teacher or somebody who was well-meaning, I'm sure, Use God's word to beat you over the head and tell you how terrible you were, how worthless you were, that God hates you and is mad at you, and they, they have beaten you with God's word. Uh, in fact, there's a, there's a popular message that was out that is, we are sinners in the hands of an angry God, and that is just not the case. God's not mad at you. God loves you. If, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. He loves you that much. He's not angry with you. The rod wasn't for the sheep. The rod wouldn't comfort you if it was for you. I'm telling you, I grew up getting spankings. There was nothing about that paddle that made me comfortable. Nothing. Not its presence in the room and not when it was swung to smack me on the rear end. Okay? Just being honest, there was nothing that was comforting about that. The rod wasn't, in this, in, in this verse, was not for the sheep. It was for the wolf. Because here's what you need to know about the wolf. The wolf is not afraid of the sheep. The sheep... Our, our lunch to him. But the wolf is afraid of the shepherd. And so for the shepherd to have a rod or a staff, it would comfort the sheep because the shepherd would step between the sheep and the wolf and fight. I love that. I love that. In fact, Jesus said this in John 10, 11, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And that's what Jesus is doing right now. Not only did he come to this earth and lay down his life for us and die for us so that we could be forgiven, restored to relationship with God, not only did he do that, but he's in heaven right now. The Bible says that he's there and he is praying for us. He's being an intermediary for us, or the Bible calls it intercession. He is standing in the gap between us and what the enemy is trying to do in our lives. He is praying for us. 23rd Psalm continues on and says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Look, this is how he's defending us. This is, why his, this, is, this is what his having his rod and his staff present do. He's like, hey, you can go ahead and chill out. Go ahead and have a meal. Relax. Rest. I got this. He's letting us know what we already understand in this country. Because as we sleep tight in our beds at night, 
We have our armed forces out that are scattered across the world that are helping protect the freedoms that we enjoy here in this country. We're also in the middle of this, of this uh, virus um, epidemic. We, we are in the situation where there are doctors and analysts and nurses and hospital staffs that are working around the clock to find a solution and treat those that are suffering from the coronavirus. They are fighting. They're fighting to keep it contained. And they, they have asked us to hunker down to, to just eat, to, be, to rest, and stay at home. And that's the greatest thing we can do while they are out fighting for us because they are trained, they are empowered to do that. And that's what Jesus is doing for you. That's who he is. He's fighting for you right now because the shepherd defends. And here's the last thing we can see in this verse, and it's that the shepherd blesses. You know, maybe in the past you've been told that God is mean and that he, he is withholding from us, and that's simply not the case. David says this about the shepherd, that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. In other words, no matter where I go, no matter how far I walk from God, his love is chasing us down. He is looking to be a blessing to you. I love the song, Reckless Love. And, uh, and if you know the song, you already know where I'm going. But, but he talks about before I spoke a word, before I took a breath, God, God's love was for me. He says, when I was his foe or when I was of no worth to you, you loved me and you paid the price for me. That there's no shadow he won't light up. There's no mountain he won't climb up. There's no, no, no wall he won't tear down. No, no lie he won't, no wall he won't break through or lie he won't tear down. I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm butchering the lyrics, but you know what I'm saying. That there's simply nothing that will keep God from coming after us because his love is in a way and appears to be reckless. He's pursuing us no matter what. This is our God. His love will chase us down. Hebrews says this, May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. So he, he wants to bless you. He wants to give you everything that you need, not only for this life, but for the life that is to come. He wants to give you everything for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's Hebrews 13, 20 through 21. And so we see here, the shepherd blesses. It's his desire to bless us. Say, Aaron, what do we do? How do we respond to that? Well, there's only one response that I, I can even think of, and the, the proper response. I could give you a, a, a whole bunch of things you could do, but here, here's the proper response. At home, I have, uh, I have a couple dogs. I have a, uh, um, a dog named Hercules, and he's a golden retriever. And then I have Stella. Stella uh, is a Mastiff Labrador mix, and um, she, is, uh, she is my dog, and I am her human. Uh, she is a joy to me. She grunts and wiggles and gets so excited when I come home. And, and, uh, and I have no idea why, she, why she's picked me to be her human. My wife seems to think it's because I have food all the time. I think that's rude. Uh, it's also not wrong. Um, and uh, uh, I, I love her. I love to cuddle with her. She is my shadow. Um, she's, she is a, the runt of the litter. We thought with being Mastiff that she was going to be big, but she's not. Uh, and uh, she is a great dog, follows me everywhere I go, wants to be by my side no matter where I walk in the house. There she is. She follows me around, and um, she's a mastiff, so that means she's an English dog, and I'm thankful, though, that she's not a French kisser. A lot of you guys have, you know what I'm talking about, you guys have got dogs that do that to you, and I can't stand that, and Stella's not that. She's, she's a perfect dog for me. 
And Stella, one of the things I love about her is that she just absolutely loves to cuddle with me. And uh, one of the things that I'll do is I'll, I'll call her. I'm like, Stella, come here. Come show me how much you love me. Come show me how much you love me. And she'll, she'll come running and she'll jump up on the couch and she gets up next to me and she leans her head into me and she just cuddles me. She places her head on my chest and just nuzzles and, and absolutely forces me to love her back. Uh, and, and she'll push her chin or her face into my beard and lift my head up and she just wants love and she just leans into me. And I feel like this should be our response, that as sheep, we have a shepherd and that this is how we should lean, in, lean into God, we should respond to God. Because if we are his sheep and he's our shepherd who provides, who restores, who leads, supports, defends us and blesses us, if that, that's really the case, do you know where I'd be? I'd be exactly where Stella is with me. I'd be leaned in. I'd be telling him how much I love him. I'd want to spend time with him, be close with him, follow him everywhere he goes. I'd respond to his call. I'd respond to his voice. Ultimately, the thing I would tell you to do, this is the response. I would know the shepherd. Jesus said in John 10, 14, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. That's our call. That's our response. This, this knowing of him is not this mental knowing, like, okay, I know some things about Jesus. I, I know them, you know, like from a scholarly sense. This is like a, the, the word know is the word, uh, the Greek word genosko, and genosko means to know in an intimate way. In other words, that you could take this word know and use it in the same, same sentence of a woman knew not a man, which, by the way, meant that, that she was a virgin. She didn't know him in an intimate way. It's the same word. Genosco is used in that, in that kind of translation in the Bible. And so it, this knowing God, it, it's not talking about a sexual way. It's talking about an intimate way. That I intimately know my sheep and my sheep intimately know me. So get close. Know the shepherd so that he can shepherd your soul. Let's take a moment just to pray. Father, here's my prayer. My prayer today is that in the midst of all the chaos and all that's going on in the world around us, that we would lean into you, that we would respond as people of faith and just choose to trust you, to trust that you are our shepherd, that you will provide for us, that you will restore us, that you will lead us in the right path, that you'll support us through all this, you'll defend us, and that you have an intense desire to bless us. God, help us to lean into you in the midst of what the world is doing and how they are panicking. Help us to carve out this time and to spend it with you regardless of how our hearts are feeling, Lord, that we could choose to not let our hearts be troubled, that we could choose to trust you for you are the good shepherd and you are our pastor and you have a, a plan through all of this, Lord. So God, I pray that you would help us do that. Now, here in this moment, there are some of you that you don't know Jesus as your shepherd, He's my shepherd, but maybe he's not yours. And in this moment, maybe what you need most is to make a decision, a decision to let him be your shepherd, to choose to trust your life with Jesus, to become one of his followers. It's really, really easy to do, and I'm gonna walk you through it. Right now, if, if that's what you feel your heart needs most, I need to say yes to Jesus, yes to him being my pastor, yes to him being my shepherd, I want all that stuff, and that means doing things his way, so I'm willing to do that. Maybe you won't do it perfectly. None of us do. It's okay. But progress is what God looks for within us, not perfection. And so wherever you are, no matter what you've done, I want you to know that God loves you, 
that he is ready to, to, he's already settled your past. Jesus paid the price for it. Just receive what he's already done for you. You know, when we talk about heaven and hell and eternity and, you know, hell is not intended for us. Um, people that go to hell are people that choose to carry the weight of their sins themselves. And today, that doesn't have to be you. You can choose to let what Jesus did for you settle all those debts. You can have eternity in heaven, but you can have a full and fulfilled life here on this earth. You can have his peace. You can have his joy. You can have his provision. You can have his support, his defense. All the things the shepherd wants to do for you, you can have. If you're ready, here's what's gonna happen. On the screen right now, there's a button that says raise my hand or, or that, that you're responding to it. And if you're ready to respond to that right now, wherever you're at, will you click that button? Will you let us know so that we can celebrate with you, so that we can be praying for you? Click that button and say, I'm raising my hand right now. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. I, I know that that means I'm not going to be perfect at it. I'm going to lean into his grace for everything that I need, but I'm ready to begin this journey with Jesus. If that's you, click it and do it now. I'll wait right here for just a second. Do it. Do it. Don't wait. The Bible tells us that no, no day is promised to us. No, our next breath isn't even promised to us. Make this all-important decision right now. Now, here's what we'll do. If you click that button and you're ready, I'm gonna lead you through a prayer. So wherever you're at, pray these words. It's not the words that, that are magical. It's your heart that means it. So pray them from your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. Be my shepherd Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and show me how to live for you. Make me brand new. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer today and you threw up your hand, that is awesome. We celebrate that with you. Listen, I would love to invite you back to make sure that you stay connected with us. You can go online to Facebook and look us up. Uh, there, there should be some links provided for you somewhere around here. Maybe one of our team members can throw it up in the chat right now. Yeah, let's hope that happens. <laughs> Otherwise, this video is very awkward. But you can follow us online. You can catch all of our online content that, man, will help you remain connected to God to grow through this season of, of the coronavirus and the crisis because we're going to be coming to you often bringing you content that will encourage you, that will lift you up, that will fill your heart with hope. So make sure you stay tuned. Come back and enjoy, us, enjoy another service with us next week as we continue in this service of Who Is This Man? Know that we're going to continue to post online uh, about uh, and give you updates about when we'll be able to restore services. But for, for now uh, and until further notice, we'll be doing all of this online. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. Make sure you tune in online and we'll see you soon. And I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself.